to Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. Oh, it's such a rainy day. It brings out all the aches and the pains. We'll be all right, though. From deep underground in Staten Island's Beer Bunker slash Virtual Saloon, Welcome to yet another episode of Three Beers In, the craft beer show bringing you the latest beer news and unique craft beer reviews. I am your host, Dom, and this is episode number 165. And this week, we, and it's all of us in this together, baby, we are drinking Beach House Brewery Flannel Amber Ale. That's a little bit of a tongue twister without being a tongue twister. Flannel Amber Ale. If you you try to say it really fast. It, 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 you know, it doesn't compute, especially if you had a couple uh, of all together now, which we're going to get to in a little bit. So it's a 5.1% ABV, 26 IBU amber ale that's brewed with, it's got lactose in it. It's got roasted carrots in it, ginger. I mean, the, the description is off the charts. I, I think it might be a little bit too warm to really enjoy this type of brew, but I'm going to get into it anyway while it's still a little chilly outside. And I also have a stout in there I got to get to next week. I'm probably going to do the stout next week here. Spoiler alert, we're going to be doing a stout next week because I want to get that in before it gets really, really nice outside. It was beautiful last uh, last night, uh, yesterday, 62 degrees, sunny, a miniature block party popped off in my uh, in my neighborhood. But I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But the uh, you know first order of business here is uh, throughout the week, uh, I was reaching out to all of the breweries that I can get in contact with in the in the New York City area, okay? And and this is also another part of this I'm going to get to. There's so many breweries in New York City that I have not featured on the show. I don't know if I was I was trying to ignore them or maybe it's just I wasn't able to get their stuff being in Staten Island. I don't know, but I do know that after making uh, compiling this list of these breweries that I mean I never had anything from other half which is the brewery that started the altogether IPA uh, thing that's going on right now is it altogether or all in together the altogether IPA uh, which is a worldwide co- uh, collaboration brewed to support hospitality professionals which we're going to get into later on the show but again the first order of business sorry that I digressed a little bit is to get to these breweries. I was reaching out, and the breweries that responded to me, these are the guys that I'm going to blast out over these airwaves to try to get all of our listeners and everyone that can get to these breweries to pick up or have some uh, curbside pickup or if there's a delivery to get their beer because it's very important now, especially now, because we don't know when this thing is going to end. We don't know. uh, You know, there is really no end in sight. I mean, it's pretty nerve-wracking. And... um, Propping up the craft uh, beer industry is very important to me, and I think it's very important to everyone that listens to this podcast. So anyway, I got some uh, responses from Daniel Thorne of Big Alice Brewing, uh, Tyler March of Wild East Brewing Company, uh, Kieran Farrell or Farrell of Gun Hill Brewing Company, Nicole Connolly of Folks Beer Brewery, and John of Strong Road Brewery. So I'm going to just read a little bit of what they had said to me. Daniel Thorne, coming out of <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Big Alice, he said to me that his uh, tap room is open at the brewery location in Long Island City, Queens only. Uh, we had to temporarily close the bow room location in Industry City, Brooklyn, until the quote-unquote return to normal. People can come to the tap room in person for contactless purchases, or they can order through Caviar app for pickup or delivery. 
Uh, we are observing the highest standards of cleanliness, sanitizing, and social distancing, which is very important right now. And they have some special deals here. Uh, special deals in the tap room here. Crowlers, they're all 32-ounce crowlers. They're buy two, get one free. That's fantastic. Special IPA offer, three crowlers, which are their BQX, their HSOM, and QB for $30. Uh, fill any 32-ounce growler for 13 bucks and 64-ounce for 20 bucks. you got to bring your own growler because they don't have any. Regular draft are, uh, only, no barrel aged. 10% off full cases, which is 24 by 16-ounce cans. <clears throat> and if you're ordering crowlers and cans via caviar, three for two is not... Uh, Offer not valid, but three IPA crowler offer is valid. No growler fills on caviar. That these breweries are really trying to work around and give everyone the best, the best shot at getting you know these beers. So here we go. There, and there's a little bit. Uh, he has a little bit of a bio here that I'm going to read because it's very important that everyone knows about these guys. Big Alice Brewing Company began production in January 2013. On our original 10-gallon pilot system, we brewed an exclusively bottle-flavored forward one-off batches, which we sold on-premises through our CSB membership program. Founders Kyle Hurst and Scott Berger connected with local CSA community shared agriculture and food co-ops to find local fresh and organic ingredients with the idea of preserving seasonal flavors through beer. Since 2013, we have opened a tap room for on-site drinking, expanding our brewing capacity, and now distribute throughout the five boroughs, Long Island, Greater New York, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. We are still committed to creative small batches and continue to brew beers that challenge us and excite you. In tw- uh, 2019, we opened our Barrel Room, a dedicated barrel aging facility within Industry City, Brooklyn, with a large tap room and space for many barrels. This is going to be an exciting venue that allows Big Alice Brewing to keep getting bigger and bigger. What is a farm brewery? As a licensed New York State farm brewery, our beers support local and state agriculture. We partner with state hop farmers and maltsters to source ingredients and collaborate with local Queens businesses for specialty ingredients such as cold brew coffee, donuts, honey, and beyond. And you could read more of it on their website there. Um, Again, this is a really awesome brewery, Big Alice. And uh, they have they have um, the LIC in their name in all caps to rep Long Island City. Hours of operation: uh, Monday four to eight, Tuesday four to eight, Wednesday four to eight, Thursday four to eight, Friday three to eight, Saturday twelve to eight, and Sunday twelve to eight. Uh, there might be another three to eight in there somewhere. I, I thought I'd seen it somewhere else, but anyway. But just double check with them. Give them a call. They are also located. Their addresses. 8-0843rd Road, Long Island City, New York, 11101. That's tough for a Staten Islander because we don't have numbers like that out here. But uh, moving on, we have Tyler March here from Wild East Brewing. He sent a nice email, uh, and he was really happy to to um, to hear from us and to and with the help promoting. And he also gave me the uh, the hours and where you could find everything. So this this gentleman is from Wild East Brewing. Um, let me see. Do I have the location here? No, I don't have it right now. But uh, he said uh, if I was ever in the area when this thing is all over, he said come in for a beer on him, which I think is just so cool. Wild East, uh, if you go to their website and you go to shop, there's a beer to go section. And what you'll see there is that they have pickup orders here. The pre-order of the cans or crawlers the same day for pickup 
at the top uh, tap room opened 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. daily. Uh, the pre-orders were typic- are typically ready in 15 minutes or less. The tap room is located at 623 Sackett Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11217. And you do have to present a valid ID confirming you're at least 21 uh, years or, of age when you do go there. So it's it's awesome. It's really easy. You go to the shop. I did it. I clicked on there. I got in there. It's from $8 and up. The Crowlers are currently 25.4-ounce cans, and they also have 16-ounce twisty cans, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds interesting. Fresh beer to go, guys. You can't miss out on that. It's really fantastic. Wild East. Uh, and they, they, they seem like they got a really good repertoire of, of beer there, which, again, as I'm going to get to later, I'm just so disappointed in myself that I have not gone to these breweries and have had these beers. Uh, and I also had... Another response from Nicole Connolly of the Folksbeer Brewery, or Brewery, it's an interesting name. She said, thanks for everything that we're going to do here. And Folksbeer is open from 1 to 7 p.m. for pickup and delivery seven days a week. Customers can order on their website or on Grubhub as of right now. They're also currently working on a platform to ship beer slash merchandise in the entire state of New York. Uh, they're also co- uh, continuing to brew beer, so customers should keep checking back for new beer and merchandise. That is very important. I'm just going to their website right now just to see what it's like. So yeah, they're they're as soon as you go on there, there's an order on order online tab right away. You pop in there, boom. Ninety nine percent of the 180 customers recommend it. 101 L- Luker Street, Brooklyn, New York. It's in Carroll Gardens, and they have everything. Oh, they got popcorn too. Old Bavarian lager. Oh man, this is great. Look at this. see. Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. There's so many awesome breweries in New York, and I have I've, I've not been there. And now it's like I can't. You don't know what you have till it's gone. That's what's happening here. Real, real easy. And they have a phone number here. You can call nine one seven six one eight zero four four three. A t-shirt. Go get a t-shirt. Get these popcorn. I'm sure the popcorn is freaking delicious. They have a. They have bitters for sale, too. Morning Dew Crowler. American Pale Ale Hopped with Cascade, Simcoe, and Mosaic. That sounds fucking amazing. 16-ounce Crowler for $4.59. 16-ounce Crowler of their of their wit beer that was hazed. It's, it's a wit beer conditioned on green yuzu zest, which I think I've had before when we had that. Oh, man, we had that one craft beer from Japan. 16-ounce can, $3.67. These these prices are fantastic. Folks Beer out of Brooklyn. Please try to make your way there. Try to have some of those beers. It's really easy. Let me see what they're... Oh, man, they got a really nice-looking place, too. Only Okay, so here's some of the details of their COVID-19 situation in order to mitigate the spread here. And this was updated on March 23rd, but I'm pretty sure it still stands. The uh, 1 to one to 7 every day, which is really great. One person allowed. They're not going to do the growlers at this time. Uh, all of our cans are sprayed down with an alcohol solution before sale. That's really, really great. Stay south out, uh, stay f- out there in these trying times. And and really, this is a fantastic-looking place. Really consider going there and make it happen. Thank you, Nicole. The next person we have here up is Kieran Farrell. And again, I reached out to these people to try to get, uh, you know, to 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 help them and try to get the word out. This gentleman here is from Gun Hill uh, Brewing Company, which is located in the Bronx. 
Uh, thanks for reaching out. What you're doing currently, we are doing deliveries primarily in the Bronx, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and they're also doing curbside pickup uh, from Thursday to Sunday, three to seven. Okay, and this brewery looks just fantastic as well. They got like this this revolutionary war thing going on here. I guess the whole gun hill situation. I mean, it's got a really awesome. I mean, really an awesome look to it. And the beers, let's just see what they got here. What do they have on tap at Gun Hill right now? Um, the Gun Hill IPA, would love to give that a shot. They got a bourbon barrel, 10-monther, uh, aged for 10 months. Cash and Carry, double dry hopped IPA. Spirit of 76 here, American Pilsner. This is great. Oh, they have Friendship Rings, a Bolero Snort collaboration, which is a sour fruit smoothie IPA with peach, apricot, and tangerine. And you that uh, everyone here that's been listening for a while, we are big, big fans of Bolero Snort. So uh, Gun Hill out of the Bronx, really cool look and everything that they've got going on there. Please, guys, consider going there and picking up some beer. It would be really, really helpful. And this is from Strong Rope Brewery. Um, oh, wait a minute. Let me give you Gun Hill's address. Hold on. Yeah, they're located at 3227 Laconia Avenue in the Bronx, 10469. Really think about going. If you're in the area or you're able to go, I mean, you got nothing to do. Really, there's nothing open. But they got breweries that are giving out beer. Not giving out. You got to buy it. But I'm just saying, they're open for business. Consider going there and getting uh, getting some delicious brews. So, again, last one here I got from Strong Rope Brewery. Thank you for reaching out. You're welcome. He's really, really happy. There was, uh, so, so the essential stuff, that the, the essential information is going to be at the top of their website, but essentially, they're open every day from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. And you can place your order online before coming. But they also deliver currently. They also delivered currently just to Brooklyn every Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. One thing we like to emphasize with folks unfamiliar with our brewery is that every beer we make is 100% New York malts and hops. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, and hope that you can stop by sometime. There, they are located at 574 President Street. Fourth uh, Avenue, Gowanus Park Slope. Uh, this is really interesting. The fact that they use local, local, 100% local ingredients. You have to have a certain amount of respect for breweries that do that. So thanks to uh, every uh, to Daniel, to Daniel, Tyler, Kieran, Nicole, and John from Big Alice Brewing, Wild East Brewing, Gunhill Brewing, Folks Beer Brewery, and Strong Row Brewery. This is really fantastic to be able to talk to you guys and to to try to do my part to help. I think it's important that uh, we we really come together. We're all together in this, and we're all going to get through it. And And the craft beer industry has to survive. And we're all going to make it survive because we're going to do the right thing by our local breweries and going a little bit out of our way to help those that are in need. My personal experience uh, with the All Together IPA, which as of as most of you know, uh, it is an IPA that, you know, you go to altogether.com or is it altogether altogether.beer, right? It's a worldwide collaboration. I got mine here from Innerborough. It was pretty easy. Ordered it online, ordered two four-packs, picked it right up uh, from the brewery. They walked it out to me. Everybody's wearing a mask. Everything was great. And the cool thing about this is that the everyone's invited. The breweries of the world are invited. You just have to go in there and let them know that you're doing it and and you know you get hooked into there from other half uh, brewing they started this thing this was done before 
Uh, Sierra Nevada did it for the wildfires in Australia where they put out a recipe. And you could go literally right now to the website and you could download the recipe yourself. You could download the recipe. You could. There's also a download. There's an artwork uh, label that you could download for your own label and everything like this. Uh, you could register to be added to the website that they have. It's really fantastic. And I think what's really neat about this is I'm going to try to get my hands on many, as many of these as possible. They have a map on the site, again, altogether.beer, where you could zoom in on your area and see who exactly is going to be or who exactly has uh, these beers available right now. So if I go to the northeast area, which is where we're located, the New York-Philadelphia divide, there's 60 breweries. There's at least 19 of them up here near New York City. We got Bolero Snort's got it for sure. Let me see. I zoomed in. Yeah. Is this Bolero Snort right here? Uh, Brick City's got it in Little Ferry, New Jersey. Bolero Snort's got it. Countless breweries in your area are going to have it. So it's important for you to try to go out there and get it because uh, the donations that they are making in part are going to a really fantastic cause. Uh, flagship is going to be coming out with it. Uh, they're going to be releasing it on the 27th. What's today? What is today's date? Is today, is today even, they're probably, are they going to release it today? Where's the, okay, so tomorrow they're going to be releasing it. I'm going to try to get my hands on it because the cool thing about these beers is that it's the same recipe. So it's going to, it should taste the same across the board. Actually, there's a little bit of a vi- uh, variation. They could do it. You could do an East Coast or a West Coast style uh, IPA. But here from Innerboro, it's really delicious. I think they went with the West Coast style. Uh, it's very bright, very refreshing. I'm a little nervous that the beer that I'm going to be having after this might be a little rough in terms of what uh, what what might be in store. I mean, when you read that a beer's got carrots in it, you're going to think the worst. Honestly, that's what's going to happen. But if you can go to your, see if you can contact your local brewery or someone near you and say, hey, do you are you brewing the altogether IPA? I mean, look, I'm looking at the bottom of this can here. It was brew. It was canned on the 18th. That was less than 10 days ago. I mean, you're, this is the freshest beer you're ever going to get, right? And uh, Innerboro is located at 942 Grand Street, Grand Street in Brooklyn, New York, uh, 11211. It's just so easy right now. I know I named all these breweries before because I reached out and they responded, and I think that's really awesome of them to do. But most breweries right now are offering some sort of curbside pickup, and I think it's important that we support now more than ever, as I've said it time and time again, your local breweries. And, and uh, you know, speaking of brewing beer, yesterday was my my official brew day, which was really really fantastic. Um, I was brewing a pale ale using Magnum and Amarillo hops. I'm calling it the Three Beers in Gold label. How cool is that? I mean, oh my god, I burps right now. I got a really neat lab, uh, label lined up and everything. So uh, I did the first beer, which was the entire house stunk, which I brewed back in October. And it was a double IPA. It came out all right. Uh, you know, I liked it. Everyone that I gave it to liked it. Um, I went through it fairly quick. I mean, I gave a lot of it away. But uh, this time around, uh, I wanted to learn. I always want to learn from my mistakes, right? So the first the first batch of beer that I brewed, um, I made I made a big mess. Uh, I fucked up a lot of the uh, transferring of the beer and stuff. Uh, I had too big of, I had like a 40-gallon tub filled with 
with just two. It was just so clumsy. Like I couldn't move it around. I, you know, I moved away from that. So I got a smaller, more cylindrical bucket. Again, this is another problem. Huge problem. Didn't order. I, I didn't order. I did not check the gravity of the beer. I have the hydrometer, but I don't have a granulated cylinder in order to put the uh, the wort or the beer in pre pre fermentation to check it. So again, I'm not going to know what the alcohol content of the beer is unless I just drink it and see what the effects are. Um, so learning from the mistakes, the, the mistakes that I made last time were not being able to cool the wort uh, quickly. So this time I went and bought ice before, and I instead of transferring to the bathtub, which was stupid, uh, I put it in the sink uh, and filled it with ice, and the, the wort chilled in about 40 minutes. Now that's not great, but it was better than the two hours that I spent chilling it for the first batch of beer. I also had a tarp that I purchased, very cheap, four bucks from the hardware store, some tarp to throw down on the floor uh, in order to help with the mess, which was which was fantastic, putting the tarp down. Uh, you know, everything else kind of was uh, second nature, sort of, not second nature, but I remembered what I had done, and I just made sure that I tried to stay extremely sanitary. Uh, I scrubbed down the equipment the day of. I, I kind of wish I had done it the day before. That's one thing that I'm going to look forward to changing. Uh, I also destroyed my uh, thermometer. I dropped it into the um, into the bucket, which destroyed it. It wasn't waterproof. So now I want to invest in maybe a waterproof high-end meat thermometer. It was really doing a fantastic job for me in terms of the um, of getting the temperature of the boil. So my main concern, and I'm going to see how this pans out, is as I was sitting uh, with the boil, because, you know, ideally you want to be able to put that thing on and walk away, but you just can't because you got to be prepared for a boil over. And now for me, I had three very minimal boil overs, but they it, it, a little bit came out. So what had happened was it put the lid on. Again, this is another thing that I did differently is I had the lid on this time to try to keep the temperature um, uh, you know, under control and hot for the boil. And also to, because I remember I didn't leave the lid on when I did my first batch and I actually lost a lot in terms of the burn off, like in terms of the uh, the, the condensation, I don't know, the, the water burnt, uh, boiled out or whatever the fuck. Jesus Christ, I'm not a scientist. So uh, the lid helped out, but that made it really hot in there. And I had two, three miniature boil overs where the hops came up and got stuck to the top of the lid, and I had to scrape them off each time. And actually, I took some of the wort that was boiling, and I just kind of like spooned it up and like rinsed off the lid. So I don't know what that's going to do in terms of how the beer might turn out. It's supposed to be a lighter colored pale ale, but it seemed really it seemed a lot darker than I thought it would be. But then again, it was also concentrated in the in the five gallon um, uh, vat or whatever the fuck. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to see what happens. I, I was able to cool it real quick. Uh, I did four gallons in the kettle and then I had an extra gallon of water on the side, which was cooled to about 55 degrees. And when I got the wort down to about 85 degrees or 95 degrees, I transferred it to the fermenting bucket and... Um, that actually helped cool it down because of the the transfer, getting it out of that hot metal container there. And then when I poured in that extra gallon of water to get it from four gallons to five for the fermenter, it brought that temperature right down to 71 degrees, which was perfect to pitch that yeast, which I did. 
put the lid on, put the 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 airlock on, and I put it to the side. And now we're going to see if that bad boy can get to work. Uh, I looked at it today. No activity so far in the um, airlock for fermentation. Um, it might take a little bit longer to go. Who knows? But it is what it is at this point. I mean, I added the whole packet of the of the of the yeast. Uh, if it doesn't work out, uh, I think it's going to be the it's going to be the fact that I maybe didn't get the temperature right because I had to use a backup thermometer uh, for when I did the transfer. So we'll see what happens. But the brew day again yesterday. I, I mean, my back's killing me today, but it's a it's a good pain. You know, I feel like I accomplished something. And if it doesn't work out, I just have to go back to the drawing board. But what I did was I'm going to instead of trying to name all these beers, I'm just going to do a three beers in and a colored label. The next one is a purple label, and it's going to be the Hefeweizen. That's the the next thing that I want to brew. I've always wanted to brew my own Hefeweizen. I think they're really fantastic, fun beers that a lot of people don't come across very often, and they're going to be, and I hope I could do a good job at it. So also yesterday after I was brewing the beer, actually while I was brewing the beer, which again, another mistake that I made the last time I did it way too late, I started earlier, which was fantastic, a miniature block party happened. So I got a neighbor a couple doors down that is a DJ on the side and he had uh, sent out flyers to every neighbor saying that from the hours of four to seven, uh, he was going to blast out some music and we're going to have a social distancing block party. And this guy blasted out the tunes. Every neighbor was outside dancing in the street, in the middle of the street. <coughs> and we were socially distant by driveway. So, you know, and other people and people were in masks and stuff. people were dancing on their stoops. I saw an older couple slow dancing to some oldies on their stoop. Everyone was having a fucking blast. It was really fantastic. I hope it goes viral because a lot of people were taking pictures and videos. It was really fun. It was supposed to end at 7. The guy went till 9 because he's like, I'm going to keep this going until people just die out. But he was taking, he put his phone number on the flyer and was taking requests. All you had to do is just say what house you were from and uh, he would pop in the name there. It was just really, really cool. Um, hang on a second. I got to take a sip of this beer. Oh. It's really hard right now because there's a lot of people just so cooped up and they don't know what to do. And, you know, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. We will go back to normal one day, I promise you. And I know for a fact that when I get out of this bullshit that's happening right now, I am going to visit as many of these breweries as I can. I have never. Now, some of these are just the heavy hitters, man. Other half brewing company. Now, I've never had them on the show. Obviously, I've never been to these places. But there were 36 that I was able to get off of a list. No, 32 I was able to get off of a list. I'm going to name some of them right now because I know you know some of these names because everyone here is a craft beer fan. Other half brewing company out of Brooklyn. No. Grim Artisanal Ales. Yes, I've had those. I've had them. We had Shadow Work, which was a Flanders Ale. Single Cut. Nope. LIC Beer Project. Nope. Finback Brewery. Another big one. Nope. Evil Twin, yes, we've had that. We had the Old Fashioned Lemonade IPA, which I think almost, which was the star, I believe, of Sour September. Then we had Molotov Surprise and Breaking the Waves and Molotov Heavy. So we had a lot of beers from Evil Twin. Innerborough, didn't do anything from them. I'm having an Innerborough right now, but I will not review it because this is just on the side. Three's Brewing, uh, we had the Valet Pilsner or Valette Pilsner, which is actually was really good from what I remember. Kings County Brewers Collective, the KCBC, didn't have anything from them. Greenpoint Beer, Fifth Hammer, Gun Hill, Folks Beer, nothing from them. So sorry, but I am going to find you guys, and I'm going to get beer from you. 
And I will review you all. In the, my goal is to get all these beers reviewed on the show. Five Borough Brewing Company. Yes, the Pilsner. That still sits on our, I believe. Let me just verify because I don't want to give out fake news. Here we go. Mount Rushmore. The Five Boroughs Pilsner still standing alone on the loggers on the Mount Rushmore of craft beer deliciousness. Icon NYC or is it Ico NYC? Nothing there. Brooklyn Brewery. Yes, we've had them. We've had the American. We had the American Ale, the Bell Ale Sour, and the Pilsner on the show. Ale Wife. Nope. Rockaway Brewing Company. No. Keg and Lantern. No. Bridge and Tunnel. No. Strong Rope. No. Flagship. Yes, we've had all of them on the show at one point. Greenpoint uh, Beer Works. Kelso of Brooklyn. No. Circa. Circa Brewing Company. No. Chelsea. No. Big Alice. No. Bronx. No. Uh, Brave and Brewing, no. La Biera, no. Coney Island Brewing, yes. We had their Mermaid Lager or Pilsner or whatever. And then we found out they like were sold to the Boston Beer Company. No big deal. Island Island, no. Queens Brewery, no. And there's others. This is just a small list. So out of all of these, we had one, two, three, four, five, six. It's abysmal. Now, I'm not trying to say here that I am a New York, I mean, I'm a New York-based show. But I always wanted to try to be as eclectic with the collection as possible. But I do think I got to pay more attention to the breweries that are right here in my backyard, especially since the bulk of my listenership's in the tri-state area, and I I'm pretty sure everyone can get their hands on this beer. So I think it's I think it's important that I get these beers uh, under my belt so I can get people out there trying them and and, and being a part of it because um, you know it, this is what's happening here. They're they're in my backyard. I got to go out there and do it, and now I can't. Now I got all this, I've got this energy, this, 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 this vim and vigor to go out and go to these breweries. But I mean, like, look at the great Pete Sullivan, who's beautified and in and, and sainthood on the show. He's, he's reached sainthood. There's, there's very few that have reached sainthood on the show. Pete Sullivan's one of them. Rob DeVito's another. Anyone who donated to the GoFundMe is sainthood, straight up sainthood. Straight to saying, like, if you're a Catholic and you become a martyr, you become a saint right away. That's kind of like that you sacrificed blood, sweat, tears, monies, and 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 your time listening to the show, your sainthood. Okay? Your sainthood. All those put together because there are people that listen that don't, that don't reach sainthood. But all of you are beautified in the name of Three Beers In. All yay, all yay. That time for the beer news, ladies and gentlemen. The beer news. Oh boy. Uh. So, as you know, obviously, we have a lot of COVID 19 news and the like. I mean, that's just the way it is right now. And it's going to be like that for the near future. What can you do? This is what's dominating everything, it's dominating our lives. All we can talk about is COVID 19. But now this sacred celebration of beer and the culture of beer, that is Oktoberfest, the Bavarian Mecca of beer, has been canceled. And now this is some of, I mean, this is some of the worst news that we've gotten coming out of Three Beers Inn, probably since the fact that you can't go out and, you know, go to a tap room anymore. Really, truly, this is really bad. Excuse me. So when has Oktoberfest been canceled before? Napoleon in 19, uh, 1813, 1813, uh, he came out and he was battling with Bavaria for a while. He was not victorious, but in spite of that, uh, because of the hostilities, there was no Oktoberfest. 
1854, there was a cholera epidemic that stopped the Oktoberfest. In 1866 and in 1873, there was even more cholera. Cholera seems like a little bit of a bitch. 1923, after World War One, uh, there were money troubles uh, there going on. They had to cancel. And then four years uh, after uh, the World War Two, there, the end of World War Two, from 1946 to 1948, there were no Oktoberfests. And now, since 1948, since over 70 years, right? I mean, I can't do the math that quickly in my brain. It has been canceled. Guys... I'm going to be honest with you. I've been eyeballing going to Oktoberfest for a while, okay? And now I know for a fact that you have to book well in advance to get these to get this going. Now, I looked into it recently, actually, because I said to Ari, I was like, you know what? With this whole COVID-19 thing and, and, and what you think is just guaranteed in terms of you being able to travel where you want and do what you want, it's not guaranteed no more. We can't hold ourselves back. And I've been I've been wanting to go, and I will go one day. That is for sure. I will go to Oktoberfest one day, and I priced it out, and it was around. I mean, I, I was thinking about bringing about two grand in pocket money. It's about uh, six sixty eight hundred dollars total for you to enjoy Oktoberfest for a week, right? That's the flight. The flight is the main bulk of it. You could stay in, a, in an Airbnb, not that expensive, and then you know to get in, it's free, and then you just have to pocket money. Of course, I would get souvenirs and stuff like that. So you give yourself a little breathing room with some cash. Now imagine I spent four grand or forty five hundred dollars on round trip flights from here to Germany, no, no refunds or anything like that, because I would do direct too. I'm not going to do a st- stopover anywhere else. I'm losing almost five thousand dollars booking well in advance for this. That is really scary to think about. So to those that did book in advance and are now being told that you cannot go to Oktoberfest, I do hope you still go to Munich and you still have a good time. Maybe there'll be something. I mean, if you can go to Munich, and how can you have a good time if you cannot get in one of those tents and have beer and chicken and stuff like that? So I'm making a a solemn promise here on Three Beers In. Now, I looked into it and... I said to myself, what did I do last year for Oktoberfest? And I did one of the most abysmal things in terms of this type of news is I I forego Oktoberfest. I foregoed. I didn't do it. I didn't do October t- Oktoberfest in favor of Sour September. Now, I do think Sour September was a very novel idea. I don't know of any other podcast or anything in t- to do with beer that did a Sour September so I do, uh, and I had some great feedback about it because there's a lot of people on this show uh, that listen to the show that would email me or, or, or talk to me and say that they, they, they were upset that I didn't do a lot of sours. But I do have a couple right there in the fridge that are ready to go, rearing to go. So I think that uh, instead of having a sour September this year, uh, I will be doing an Oktoberfest special. So uh, Oktoberfest, I think, I believe it begins, can I get a calendar up here real quick? I believe it begins on September... 19th. If I see the calendar, I'll be able to tell you because I, I remember looking it up. Yeah, September 19th, Saturday, September 19th, and it ends, um, I believe, Saturday, October 4th. That's Oktoberfest this year. Now, it may be canceled from in, in Germany. It may be canceled, but it is not canceled here on Three Beers In, ladies and gentlemen. It is not. So I am going to let everyone know that listens to this show. I am going to go out there. Hold on. I got to take a sip of beer for this. Yeah, that all together is good. You would love it. Go out there and get it. Find it. I'm going to make this promise, and you're you're all going to join me. 
We will have an Oktoberfest on Three Beers In. This is the virtual saloon. This is the virtual beer bunker. You guys are with me in the bunker. We're drinking. We are going to have rotisserie chicken in this basement. We've done it before. When we did the Oktoberfest special before, we had several chickens down here. We're eating them with our bare hands and drinking German-style beer and craft beer. It is my goal to seek out as many Oktoberfests as I can from the local New York breweries that I listed here. And I'll do a Rogan Fest because I know Flagship does the Rogan Fest. I might review them. I might do a compilation of them and try to see who's the best, try to do a, a, a tournament, so to, so to speak, and see who's the best, do a couple each show. But it is going. To, I'm going to figure something out, and I'm going to make sure that an Oktoberfest happens for us, okay? Just because... Germany has canceled it, and that is the, like I said, the mecca, so to speak, of a beer festival, of the beer culture, of what it is to drink and be merry with your buddies and with your community. It doesn't mean we have to cancel it in our hearts and abroad, because I'm pretty sure we're going to have some Oktoberfest-type festivals going on in America at that time. Who knows? I mean, I think by that by then we should be done with all this thing, right? You hope. But I mean, Oktoberfest 2020, Oktoberfest is a huge deal in Germany. A huge deal. That's like canceling the Super Bowl in America. But we here at Three Beers In, the virtual saloon, the beer bunker, we will have Oktoberfest here. Mark my words, we will make it happen. This next article is uh, out of a local area in Oregon, but it's also been picked up by the Associated Press. There's a bit of a trend going on in the United States right now, and amid the pandemic, homebrewing has surged in popularity. This author here, uh, Mr. Seleski, I believe his name is, yeah, Andrew Seleski, says he's become part of the trend as a part of the uh, stay-at-home order. And we have a quote here from David Stewart uh, out of Carlson Brewing. Our industry is in a recession. Our industry in a recession, excuse me, does well because not as many people are working. People are more cost conscious and they have time on their hands. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the news, constantly feeling like you need to be updated. So it's a way to get away from what's going on out there in the world and do something that's fun. And later drink that beer that you brewed. May 2nd is National Homebrew Day. Normally, homebrewers come together and make some official recipes for side-by-side competition. This year, it will be a virtual big brew in which people brew at home with a suggested recipe, Pangea Proxima Polar IPA, and do a toast on social media. More than 1,700 people from around the world have pledged to join. So now, I remember reading this earlier in the week, and I said to myself, oh, okay, well, let me look up this recipe. And the recipe is from the Home Brewers Association of America. I think that's what it is, I, I, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look them up in a second. But the, the author of the article fails to relay that message that, I mean, he just pulls this, this, this recipe out of nowhere and, and 1,700 people saying they're going to join. But, excuse me, hold on, i got a burp here. This virtual big brew is, is established because, because of this homebrewers association, which is a membership-based thing that you actually have to join, so I'm going to bring that up in a second. But and and there is an so another thing too, real quick, a little segue here. When it comes to the altogether IPA, I would love to brew it, um, but I I don't do all grain brews only because I don't have I really don't have the equipment, the capacity to do it. 
So when you do brew, you do need you know tens to fifteen pounds of grains that you have to boil, and uh, then you have to sparge them, meaning that like you have to pull them out of the boil and then douse them with boiling water to put back into the kettle. I don't have that big of a space to do it. There's some people that do do it with small spaces, but I just don't have the time or the or the, or the anything to do it. So I do extract uh, brewing where you steep some specialty grains for about thirty minutes. And then you use a dry malt extract or a liquid malt syrup extract to get those sugars in there. So if if Altogether has an extract uh, recipe, I would consider doing it. But I do believe that the Pangea Proxima Polar IPA from the Homebrew Association does have an extract version, and I might actually do it. Northern Brewer, a major supplier of home brewing and winemaking equipment in America, says business has shot up 40 to 50%. But not all shops are seeing an upturn. Gina Fox's Salem Brew Supply in Salem, Oregon, has had a slight dip in sales since they moved from in-store sales to home deliveries. But she's optimistic. And she quotes saying, I think the tight community that we have, the home brewing community, and with the fact that once people start home brewing, they will usually continue down the road, I feel we could survive this. Uh, hazy IPAs are trendy these days, but many customers are asking for classic hops like Cascade, Centennial, and Chinook. And they were popular many years ago, said Mike Brennan, sales manager in the western U.S. for the homebrew division of BCG, uh, B, I'm sorry, BSG Handcraft, a wholesaler of brewing surprise. Quote, he says, they're dusting off their old equipment and the fermenters and they're going back to brewing some of the old classic IPA styles, the more bitter IPAs, like we used to do. He also says, I myself brewed uh, very long ago India Pale Ale's uh, before they became the rage in America. And then he goes on to himself and he tells a story about how he hadn't did it in 30 years and stuff. And and then when he closes, he says that um, he wants to make an IPA, but what he actually made when he brushed off or dusted off all of his equipment was a German-style Hefeweizen, which is what I want to do. My, my goal, I did the pale ale, of course, this time, but my goal is to brew a German-style Hefeweizen because I really love that beer and I think... Uh, it, it, it's a really a fantastic beer that I think a lot of people ignore. Well, not that they ignore it, but it's something that just kind of falls by the wayside. But it's so, so scrumptious and delicious. A couple more articles here to power through before we get to the hop of the week. I know I'm running low on time here. I'm running a little long here, 42 minutes. Uh, this one here, the Argus Brewing, um, Argus Brewery in Chicago has finally shut its doors. Now, I wanted to read this article in full because I think it's really interesting to look at what happened with this brewery. So Argus Brewery was one of Chicago's oldest brewery and one of its most confounding since its launching in 2009 in a former Schlitz horse stable, a relic of when beer was delivered by hooves. This is from the Chicago Tribune, by the way, by Josh Knoll. Um, uh, Argus always hovered at the edge of the beer drinking con uh, consciousness, but as... Um, but it was never really discussed that much. Uh, while other breweries in the... Uh, during the era and grew to be Chicago icons such as Metropolitan, Half Acre, which you've had on the show, Revolution, uh, Argus sat quietly at the city's far south end, miles from both of its competitors and the city's best-known beer bars, yet somehow it endured until last month. On March 28th, Argus quietly stopped brewing. News of its demise didn't emerge until Patch reported on the closing this week, and this was written, I think, uh, last week. The Argus founder, Bob Jensen, acknowledged that his brewery had long been teetering on the edge of collapse. 
It was never profitable, and in December, he reduced the headcount of 16 to 11 employees. Jensen considered pulling the plug for months, and the COVID-19 pandemic really made him pull it. Uh, earlier this month, the Brewers Association said, oh, we've, we've talked about this, the 60% uh, problem that's going on there. <clears throat> 60% of the uh, crap breweries are saying that there's a problem. But uh, each of the last five years, Argus made between 1,000 to uh, 1,280 barrels of beer, which is about half the production of the, um, of the average American craft brewery. Jensen launched Argus as a fun and novel diversion for making millions as a president of a hub group, a $4 billion transportation company that uh, did public transmit in the 90s. So he was a home brewer, and he decided to make his own brewery. Um, But what had happened was uh, the brewery that he created was actually really bad. But in the recent years, Argus had quietly become a very good brewery because in 2015, Jensen hired John Fryer, former head of sales at Three Floyds Brewing, as the president. When he showed up, Fryer said, Argus was backlogged with unsold, poorly made beer. It was little wonder Metropolitan, Half Acre, and Revolution have blown right past it. Now, this is where I think it becomes a a bit of an interesting article because you see that when it comes to craft beer, that if the quality of beer is poor, you will not survive. Because as we go on, we'll see that they tried to turn the shit around. And once you get a bad rap, it does not go that way. Fryer brought uh, brought in two of the most talented people he knew. Former Goose Island and Miller Brewing quality control guru Mary Pelletieri to revamp recipes and procedures and Ted Furman, who during the 1990s ran one of Chicago's original craft breweries, Golden Prairie, to oversee uh, operations. Gradually, the quality and consistency of Argus beer improved rather than uh, chase trendy modern styles and embrace balanced, approachable lagers. It won a bronze medal in 2016. And also in 2018, it got a gold medal for its uh, doppel. Or do, do, uh, yeah, do, uh, so things were going really, really well for the brewery, but they just could not climb out of the hole that they had dug for themselves. They had a little bit of a distribu- distribution problem, and then it just kind of fluttered into the sunset. So Jensen alerted the employees on March 26th at the brewery uh, would close in two days. He didn't offer any severance, but he encouraged the staff to apply for expended, uh, extended unemployment insurance benefits uh, through the uh, Federal Relief Fund, the, the CARES Act that's happening. So the, the thing about all this and, and what pisses me off is, that, is Jensen, right? Is that the guy who started this thing, if I go back? This motherfucker, this piece of shit, has 11 employees, right? This fucking cunt. He has 11 employees. He made $4 billion. He's a fucking billionaire. He made billions of dollars on a stupid transportation like app bullshit. And then he fucking, he doesn't give these people any severance? Fuck you. I'm glad. I mean, I feel really bad for the people of the that tried to make this brewery work, and I hope to God that they fi- they land on their feet somewhere else in, in terms of, like, a brewery. But fuck this guy. He's a billionaire motherfucker, and, like, he, he doesn't give them a severance? Fuck him. <sighs> Sorry about that. Brewbound.com. Brewbound.com has got some really good articles lately, but here we have, um, and I have to shout this out because this is a really important thing, and I always do this when it comes to uh, a brewery that's helping out people during this pandemic. So Hopworks and Looped Works Foundation turn beer into masks for Central City Concerns. 
This is out of Oregon as well. Hopworks Urban Brewery has released a variety a variety of case beer called the Homebound Hero 24 Pack, and this case contains four packs, four six packs, excuse me, of Hopworks' core beers: the new released Golden Hammer Organic Lager, Tree Frog, or, uh, Tree Frog Organic Pale Ale, Powell IPA, and Robot Panda Hazy IPA. The case sells for forty dollars, with five dollars of each sale. Donated to the Looped Works Foundation to produce face, uh, face masks for Central City. Man, I really slurred face. I said face. They're making face masks for Central City Concern, a nonprofit organization providing housing, health care, and employment services for people experiencing homelessness in Portland during this time. I think it is just so fantastic that anytime we find a brewery, that is giving back to the community during these times, they have to be heralded for what they're doing. So shout out to you. Now, I love to keep my show under an hour if I can. So I'm going to do my very best to do so. So it's time for the Hop of the Week. And I'm really sorry if I went a little long here. But here we are for the Hop of the Week, and we're doing Calypso Hops. Calypso Hops, and this is from northernbrewer.com. Here are the details here. Oh, how the Calypso Hop captivates her audience. Gorgeous, soft floral aroma lands with an overt kick of dried apple, pear, and citrus. Described as unlike any other hop that has come before it. Calypso offers brilliant flavors and aroma, covering a wide spectrum of specific descriptors. Lemons, cherry blossom, black pepper, bitter orange, mint, hints of tropical fruit, and sappy pronounced pear. Calypso, with its versatile, evolving character and markedly smooth bittering, makes for incredible beer across a range of styles. Fruity notes add crisp flavor to pale ales and IPAs, yet an overall complex profile adds depth to sauts, British bitters, and especially barley wines. High in alpha acids and brimming with a flavor-aroma combination all on its own, Calypso is beguiling dual-purpose hops that begs for experimentation. I read that like I should be on Audible.com reading some fucking fantasy novel, like a Harry Potter thing. The beer styles that are really good with this are American Pale Ale slash Cream Ale, British Pale Ales or Bitters, the American Strong Ale, IPA, Irish and Scottish Ales and Stouts and Porters, and the Alpha Acid composition is anywhere from 12 to 14%, so that's pretty high. And it's got some great reviews. And I read all of this from northernbrewer.com. And real quick, I am going to see what they have here for a five-gallon uh, beer starter kit because I think it is time for you to get into the game of brewing. If I'm telling you, I am lazy and I am I'm not that smart. If I could brew a beer, you can brew a beer. And you're going to be able to do it because right now we have here on the... Okay, I'm not even going to go... To the glass carboys, because that's kind of crazy. The Essential Starter Kit right here is on sale for $99.98. That, you're not hearing that wrong. $99.98. I use Northern Brewer. I'm not trying to say that they're... I'm not getting anything for this. But if you go ahead and you... Okay, so wait a minute. It's $119.98 because you're actually getting... Uh, you, could, you could actually... You can have testing equipment with it? If I just do the block party amber ale, was that come? Oh, nothing else comes up. So one nineteen ninety eight, 
you will get a recipe kit with it, the Block Party Amber Ale, with testing equipment. I don't know what the testing equipment is, and I'm not, I'm not going to take the time to try to look for it here. But <clears throat> maybe it's a hydrometer. Either way, it's not that expensive, people. I understand, you know, I don't know what everyone's situation is. Hopefully you're working right now. Hope Maybe you got that stimulus check, and you could put that into making your own homebrew right now. Yes, it's an amber ale that's on there, but who cares? Get in the game. One nineteen ninety eight, and you are ready to brew beer. Calypso hops is what we're talking about. A really interesting hop that I want to try to see if I can maybe find a recipe for it, right? Right? And you're going to do it, too. You're going to homebrew. I'm telling you, you could do it. If I could do it, you could do it. If I could do it, anybody could do it. I'm serious. Sometimes you go a little overtime. Why did I say it like that? Anyway, this is from Beach House Beer, the Beach House Brewery. We're drinking here flannel amber ale. It's a 5.1%, 26 IBU beer. And um, I just had one. I'm going to pour out this other one here. And the the lacing, this is unbelievable. I I haven't seen this yet on this amazing beverage vessel that was provided by Pete Sullivan and family. Uh, it's, It's empty. The lacing is from top to bottom on this. You can hear me talking into the can here. So... Let's read the description after I pour this bad boy out here. Flannel, a carrot cake-inspired seasonal amber ale that will make you want to throw on a flannel and ship this beer by and ship this beer by the fire. I think they meant sip this beer by the fire. That wasn't my bad. That was theirs. Brewed with roasted carrot, ginger, nutmeg, cinnamon, vanilla, and lactose, pours a deep amber color with subtle notes of roasted caramel, spice ginger and raisins and it came in a tall boy can it's really interesting it's really cool because it's in a it's in a flannel it's got the carrot it's got some fall foliage there and stuff uh i had a problem here with the pour hold on one second so i noticed that lactose is widely available in homebrew shop a home broom home brew shops and you can add it to any style of beer if you if you so choose but it will impart some sweetness and a very very uh slick mouthfeel to it so you can put it in any any beer you want you want to put it in a white ale if you want you want to put it in a uh a pale ale a new england style ale uh, a lot of milkshake ipas specifically have it um <clears throat> If you want to put it in a uh, uh, stout, you know, it's going to, uh, that's how you get your milk stouts. That's how they have those, uh, those types of beers. But um, I just did this. I just had this beer and then I uh, wrote out what, what I got. And I just poured out another one here, though. I had a little bit more head here. I think I poured it a little bit, a little bit rougher than I usually would because I was trying to do it on mic. Um, But here we go. Um, so what do we have here in terms of the look? So I let me prerequisite this by saying that I was not very hopeful when it came to this beer, okay? A beer made with uh, carrots, ginger, and spices, and also with lactose added, I was not very hopeful 
Let me say that. I was not very hopeful. But I pour it out here, and I got a dark amber color. When I poured it out initially, I had two fingers ahead. Now I got about three fingers ahead here, um, and it's not going anywhere. And that holds true right now. It really isn't moving, so it stays there, which is going to give us uh, a bit of an indication of what's going to happen as we go along, because guess what, everybody? There was some incredible lacing with this beer. That being said, it is a very, very dark amber color. Um, not quite black, but it is it is a red, copper, dark, dark copper color. Lots of carbonation. Really, really lively. And it was surprising because I didn't think that would happen. It's a slightly off-color head here. Uh, and But based off of the looks, I was very intrigued, and it holds true. Let's get to the nose here, huh? My first thought was Belgian. Like, I took a sniff, and I exhaled the word Belgian. It went like this. Belgian. Belgian. That's what happened. I'm not even going to lie to you. That's exactly... That was the carbon copy of what happened off mic. Now, you get the nutmeg. You get the nutmeg. It, re you, it really shines through there. You get the cinnamon and you get the ginger. It's all in the nose that that they uh, comprehend that they uh, put forth. But there's also a slight coriander aroma, uh, a cardamom aroma, so to speak. Um, it's got a very spicy nose to it. So when I started sniffing on this beer here, I was saying to myself, "Is this a pumpkin ale?" You know, it had like a pumpkin feel to it. Okay. Um, which I think they were going for. They're doing like this flannel amber, like you're going to be out there during the fall. Cause I do think this is a little bit, it's a little bit aged. Uh, I don't think it's brand new. So it's been out there for a while, which means that it might be not as vibrant as it uh, was intended. But with that being said, it had such an interesting smell to it. I, I expected a pumpkin type beer flavor and astringency. Because when you do have beers that have a lot of cinnamon in them and those nutmegs and those spices, there is an astringency to it throughout, where it's like kind of like throughout. Uh, but if you're a fan of pumpkin beer, I, I don't mind it. You know, there are some people that are strictly against it, but I, I kind of like pumpkin beer. And I might want to make one. And I think I do have it marked down on one of the labels. So I was really excited to give this a try because of what was happening in terms of like what I was looking and smelling here. And it holds true. There is such a Belgian quality with this aroma. And then let's give it a taste, huh? Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. So I'm gonna just gonna I'm just gonna dive right in. There's there the cinnamon that you do taste the cinnamon and the nutmeg and it goes over very well. Very, very well. It's subtle but not too over the top and overbearing. This is a pumpkin beer haters, well, if you say so, type beer. Meaning like they'll be reluctant, but they'll find the good in it. Because if you take a pumpkin beer and you take the pumpkin out, and I guess you put, I don't know, carrots? I don't understand the whole carrot aspect here. I really don't. I don't get that. But they're saying that it's made with carrots. I'm not tasting carrot or roasted carrot. There is like a toasty roasted malt flavor there unless they kind of snuck that in there with the quote-unquote carrot but i mean i don't know 
I mean, the the, the good... The, listen, this beer is very, very spicy, okay? What do I mean by that? I'm not getting any alcohol burn, but I am getting a ginger burn. Now, if you've ever had a ginger beer or anything with ginger, you know that there's a spice to it, kind of like a horseradish, but it's there and it's gone pretty quick. That's what's happening with this beer right here. Uh, I'm not getting an alcohol burn. I'm getting a ginger burn. It's medium to full-bodied. I did not expect this to be so pleasantly balanced, and I'm and I'm pleasantly surprised by that. Okay, I initially thought that this was going to be one of the beers that I would have to write off into the sunset as an outlier and no good. But it has an incredible lacing going as we go through. Like I said, that head wasn't going anywhere. You know you're going to have a good lacing. It's astringent throughout, as I expected, because you're going to have that with these types of beers with these spices. It does drink like a pumpkin beer minus the pumpkin. There's a sweetness to it, a malty, toasty sweetness to it that is on the verge of too sweet, but it balances out very, very well. And I'm so pleasantly surprised with this beer. Mm. Now, I'm not getting any, I'm not getting any raisins, as they say, or that, well, I'm getting that roasted caramel flavor, but the ginger and the cinnamon, and I think there's like an allspice there going on too, and the nutmeg. All that's there. I'm not getting... I mean, the vanilla... Hang on. I want to give this one its fair shake. I really do. Ooh. There is like a Belgian yeast. I think they use like a Belgian yeast here because that's... There's like a subtle like Belgian witta going on here. I don't think this is an amber ale in terms of the style, to be honest. I'm not getting so much vanilla, but I am getting everything else. I'm getting the ginger burn there, the nutmeg, the cinnamon. It's not a it's not a red ale per se, okay? But I think it's a specialty beer like a pumpkin ale. If you were to if you were to say like what what type of beer is a pumpkin ale? It's it's a specialty beer, and that's what's happening here. Flannel amber uh, amber ale. So, with with that being said, like and how I'm reacting to the flavors of this beer, it kind of makes me interested in what else this brewery has to offer, which is really interesting because it's a limited beer that I'm drinking here and it's actually that good. So I'm going to take everything into consideration and I always give everyone a fair shake on this show when it comes to the score. The fact that they listed everything that you were going to taste in there except the carrot. I, I'm not getting the carrot. I'm not getting the vanilla. You do have the smoothness of the lactose. You have the sweetness of the lactose and you also have a nice roasty malt characteristic that's going on here no raisins but i was so impressed with this beer in terms of like how delicious it is i'm going to give it an 8.5 an 8.5 on an ale scale where eastern standard got an 8.8 .8 and the shape of hops to come got an 8.9 and of course you have the madonna double ipa that's standing on the mount rushmore with a 9.1 that's actually such a fucking ridiculously high score i think i may have made a mistake but then again, after tasting this beer and going through the motions with it, I don't think I did. I think it is that good. At a 5.1 at a 26, I mean, listen, they said in the description, you know, you want to have this one, you know, you throw a flannel on and you go by the fire. This, this nails it. This absolutely nails that. I would love 
for fall to come around. It's not even it's not even that warm yet. It's getting to the 60s where you're not wearing your hoodie anymore, but I still can't wait for fall because I would have this beer with it, and I'm going to be on the lookout. I am going to be on the lookout for more beers by Beach House for sure because that's how good this beer was, ladies and gentlemen. And I do appreciate all of you for coming in and joining me this week on Three Beers In and listening in. The craft beer show that you all know and love. Thank you for joining me under here in the in the the underground virtual saloon that is three beers in. I really hope you guys can get your hands on some altogether IPA. Look into all the breweries that I named here and your locals. Really and truly try to find all the beer you can right now. You're hunkered down right now if you're not working. And if you're working like me, you got the weekend to just bust out some beer and go to northernbrewer.com. You can brew. If I can brew, you can brew. Craft beer is a celebration, everybody, and we're all a part of it. Thank you for listening. God bless you all. I wish you nothing but the best. And take care, everybody. I'm going to catch you next week, okay? Love y'all.